Welcome to Running Down the Clock, where we break down all of this week's big news, events, and controversies from the National Football League. Over the next 45 minutes, we will give you basic fan perspective and opinion on the most important stories and moments happening now. So, let's start the clock. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Running Down the Clock. I am Tyler Walzak here, as always, with Puyo Raisi. Puyo, how are you? I'm good. Just uh, fighting again to get through these previews because I know you and I don't love the preseason. We're season I, guys. I don't like the preseason in any sport. No. And any sport. I think it's, oh, I don't know why people watch it. I don't know why people go to it. Um, It just doesn't, it, nothing matters. It's just, it's a taste of what they love. That's why. That's Especially all in football. Like, thankfully, knock on wood, we haven't had any serious injuries to any, like, key, key guys. But it always tends to happen sometime in the preseason. So, thankfully, we haven't had that yet. Oh, I mean, Joe Burrow, Burrow, Burrow. Close. Joe Burrow, yeah. yeah but he just should be back by week one, but he came close. But apparently, he'll be back for week one. Okay. You but heard Jamar I mean. Chase's like, comments on him, though? What? You heard Jamar Chase's comments on his Yeah. Yeah. But that makes I, sense. Like, why would you? I, I like it. Yeah, I like, I like it. it, too. Um, if anyone's listening now and they're like, what are you guys talking about? Jamar Chase said, I don't want Burrow back for week one if he's not 100% healthy. Um, basically meaning like we're going to need him towards the end of the season. So if he needs to take a couple games off now, that's much better for our team. And what our goal is, which is Super Bowl, um, rather than getting him back early to start the season strong. Yeah, he wanted him back week five. He said, as long as we're back week five, we're good. Yeah, it makes sense. I like it. Yeah. But, I mean, they want to get him in there because the first three games now takes teams to figure out how to play football again because no one plays in the preseason if you're a name like that. Mm-hmm. Um, this week, we are going to do an NFC-AFC West preview. Um, if you've been listening to the last episodes, we always choose a division and we do the NFC and AFC sides of it. But we do have some news that we want to talk about before, and it's just overall NFL stuff. All three points I want to talk about are running backs. Let's go with Alvin Kamara first. Um, in a little bit of trouble last year with the the thing that happened in Vegas, only suspended by the NFL for three games. So it seems a bit inconsistent with some of the other suspensions. No, what was the reasoning for the three games? Like what you, you think? A lot of these guys who get charged usually yep. get a lot more. Usually, it's about six games. Um, I think Kareem Hunt was like eight games or something like that. Um, I don't remember what Kareem Hunt did, but Kamara, the charges were dropped or something in the, or they found him like, I don't know that something happened in court where I guess the charges were dropped. I don't know for sure if that's the correct statement, but um, the charges I, were dropped. I don't know if they were dropped or if they just, <laughs> they just reduced the three games. Re- that's that's <laughs> well, just the NFL was just like, okay, well this is nothing. Three games. It is yeah. uh, that does help them out. Helps out fantasy teams everywhere as well. And then the next two pieces of news are signees. One, we knew, Dalvin Cook, we knew he was going to go to the Jets. It was between the Jets and the Dolphins, and it just seemed increasingly more like it was going to be the Jets over the past month. And Zeke, Ezekiel Elliott to the Patriots, which is a little surprising because they usually just kind of go with whatever backs they have cheap. Um, Did they not get him on the cheap? Uh, I think it's like $6.4 million up up to that. Which is still like, I don't know if they've had a guy make over two million in the last like ten years at that yeah. position. And no, Dalvin maybe. Cooks at like eight point six or something like that. Right. 
So no one's getting a 10 that they want. But I mean, Dalvin Cook to the Jets is huge news. Um, I did see, we'll talk about the Jets and the Broncos in this episode because there's a little crossover there that I want to talk about. But um, Zeke to the Pats also helps out the, the, what is it, Mac Jones's development. Because that's what, I mean, that's what they need to do. That's the whole season for the Patriots is figuring out if Mac Jones can do this. Um, okay, so uh, NFC, AFC West, where else do we start other than the... Well, it depends. You want to start from the bottom? Because we got one of the best teams in the league. We got the uh, Kansas City Chiefs who could go to the Super Bowl. Super Bowl and favorites. start at the bottom with the Cardinals, who are likely going to be the worst team in the NFL. Let's go because we're gonna jumble up the order anyway. So let's just talk about the Kansas City Chiefs because they let's give them respect Golf and rules. talk about them first. Golf rules. Yeah. Super Bowl favorites. Um, anytime you have Mahomes on the field, you're probably gonna be in the top ten, let alone Super Bowl favorites. Um, last year they weren't, and everybody made a mistake by not betting on them. This year they're back. Andy Reid's back, Patrick Mahomes is back, Travis Kelsey's back. There's not much more we can say. Um, their wideouts this year, they don't have Juju Smith-Schuster anymore, which I think he was just a rental player anyways last year. Sky Moore is coming into his second year. I think he's one of the breakout candidates for second-year players this year. I've heard a little bit about that, and I think yeah, I think so. He looked promising last year. Um, Plus, he was highly touted was... coming out of college, and he's with an offense that I know, granted, they spread the ball around a lot, but um, someone's going to need to help. Travis Kelsey was Valdez Scantling there last year. Yeah, no. I don't believe he was. No, no. So he's new this year too, right? Yeah. Again, he's he's. I don't see him as a workhorse guy. He's a share the wealth kind of guy. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I never trust a guy who leaves Green Bay to go on to greener pastures. But I don't like. It never ends up going well for them. I don't know any Green Bay wide receiver that's left Green Bay and has had a better career. The only person is Devontae Adams, who we still don't know about, but he wasn't as good as he was in Green Bay right. last year, but anyways. Could you not make the argument that this is the one situ one of the few situations where you're going to an equally good quarterback? So if, if not better quarterback. Yeah. But yes, I, I just don't think I think maybe the system and the way the ball gets spread out in Green Bay is a little bit more um advantageous for wide receivers whereas here, I, don't know about like, that. I think uh Aaron Rodgers only gives the ball out to people he's trusting if you drop a ball he's probably not coming back to you sure sure um I mean I don't this is a Travis Kelsey led offense everybody knows that um Tyreek was Hill and they got always open he's Tyreke always Hill open. was Tyreek Hill was here and they got rid of him they're like all right fine you can go we don't need you we got Travis Kelsey no one double teams him. It's like a rule. Yeah. It's a rule that you can't double team Travis Kelsey, and that's why the Chiefs are so good. We've talked about this many times last year. No, I many know. It, it, it blows my mind how when his stats are low, they lose. When his stats aren't, they always win. Yeah. Just triple team him. Let everybody else open. That's Sky all you have to do. Warren Valdez Scanlon can stay open. And like Pacheco, McKinnon, and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in the backfield, those don't that doesn't scare me. I wouldn't be putting all those guys like all your defense in the box to try to stop the run. It's stop Kelsey, and then figure everything else out. 
Yeah. Pacheco's lead back, no? Yeah, he is. He'll be one. And then McKinnon. CEH had kind of a bad year last year. I don't even know if he'll get that many touches this year. He has to he has to come back strong. Yeah. I I can see Pacheco having a good year. He looked pretty strong finishing up the season last year. He had a good Super Bowl. Yeah. He was a rookie last year, I believe. So a lot of people in fantasy are betting on him. But again, like the Chiefs, they're a long way from having that like workhouse back that they like the priest homes, Jamal Charles, they used to have back like 10, 15 years ago. Yeah, but they had nobody now, else back then. They had nobody else back then. No, they didn't. So now they just they have Mahomes and Kelsey. They don't need anybody else. No. They don't need anybody else. I had nothing else to say about them. They are probably the Super Bowl favorites again this year. Um, I, there's no, I don't know what else you can say that hasn't already been said about the Chiefs. No. I The only challenge, I think, is maybe the Chargers on a little bit of a revenge season from getting blown out of the uh, playoffs in embarrassing fashion. Uh, might be nipping at their heels for trying to take the division, but yeah, that's the team. I think as well, that would be closest to Kansas city in terms of trying, like making the playoffs, maybe not taking the division just yet, but making the playoffs last year. We didn't even think we thought the chiefs were going to finish last in this division. This was a division last year that was, we were very, very high on and we completely messed that up. I think everybody did. Everybody thought the Broncos were going to be good, but the chargers, they got the same head coach, and it's probably a make-or-break year for him. Justin Herbert could have a huge year. He could have a huge breakout season. He's a good quarterback. He's a great quarterback. They've switched the offensive coordinators. So they've taken the Dallas Cowboys offensive coordinator, Kellen Moore, and he's now the new Chargers coordinator. He was great with Dak, and I think Justin Herbert's a better quarterback than Dak is. He got a big contract, though. That always scares me when somebody gets a big contract. Only if he's the highest paid quarterback this year, is he not? He's getting $52.5 million this year. Yeah, Justin Herbert's so. the highest paid NFL player this year. Then Lamar Jackson, then Jalen Hurts. Man, I remember when I thought it was Patrick Mahomes. He's seventh. And then Josh Allen is eighth. That's kind of crazy. Yeah, I think his Mahomes, his uh, contract is a huge contract, but it covers him for his career. <laughs> yeah, it's like a 10 year contract. Yeah. Uh, so it's split up a lot along among a lot yeah, more games, which is good for him because now he's just he's fully covered for his NFL career. Well, yeah, for sure. And so everyone else is like at five years at 260, 265 ish. Uh, Mahomes is 10 years at 450 million. Yeah. Okay. So you're worried that Herbert, after coming after, after, Getting his big contract is going to, you think he's just not going to want to play as much or as hard? You know me, I always like to look at the psychology of things and I don't have the actual stats to back this up, but it's just a feeling. I think a lot of people would agree with me that your motivation to just strive for excellence to get to that next level changes once you have generational wealth coming in. I agree with that. I mean, there's always in every sport, you always see guys that are in their last year of their contracts have their best stats. Yeah. They're working hardest to try to get that next contract. But yeah, sometimes you could say that the guys get it and then they just don't, they don't work as hard. They don't practice as hard because it's, they've got their guaranteed money. It's for a lot of people, it's, it's harder to stay motivated to excel and push yourself beyond, you know, when you, you take some sports where you're just getting a hit, getting hurt all the time, and you're always fighting through pain. 
you start looking at it as like, why am I doing this? When you just, you can live a cushier life. I get, I totally get that. But at some point, like you have the guys like the Michael Jordans, the Kobe Bryant's where it's not, the money's just an after, like it's nice to have. Michael Jordan never was the highest paid player. Was he? I mean, maybe he was, but I don't think he was, he was always making all his money outside of uh, the NBA. It seemed like he was always chasing money in the NBA. (laughs) He's just gambling at the golf course after before and after games. No, but seriously, that, there is two mentalities when it comes to that is the guys that work hard because they want the championship. And then there's the guys that work hard for that, that big salary, that big um, contract. And then they kind of do dissipate a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I just that Johnny Manziel. Uh, I was just on Netflix? literally just about to say, I watched that Johnny Manziel documentary on Netflix it was awesome. Great documentary. Um, wasn't too long either. Cause I didn't want to watch two hours of Johnny Manziel. I know about his career. We've been watching him forever. Uh, it was about an hour long, and I thought it was, I thought it was great. I thought it was great. They, they had that one question his agent asked him. It's like, do you want to do you want to be a football player or do you want to win games? Something along those lines. Like, do you want to be a celebrity? You want to just like live this lifestyle, or do you want to go out there and win games? Because that's what you got to make a decision on. And obviously, he made his decision. But his agent, kinda... his agent in that documentary was smart. The things he did to get around Johnny Mint, like to get people to not like judge Johnny Manziel for what he actually was and hide it between his friend in college who, when he got caught for getting paid to sign memorabilia and his friend was like created this whole backstory that his Johnny Manziel's family comes from generational oh, wealth of oil. Um, and he just made up this whole story that his family already had money. That's why he's able to travel. That's why he's able. That's why he's front row at basketball games. That was genius. And then his agent comes. His actual he gets rid of that guy, which was kind of a sad story. They kind of the documentary also dumped that guy as quickly as Manziel did once that uh, little fat came out. But his agent then said, "Like, hey, I had to like he was." doing drugs the night before the combine. Like we had to come up with this plan and like, they're going to put his dad in the hospital so that Manziel didn't have to go to the combine because he had to be in the hospital with his dad. Like it was kind that part was the most interesting part to me because I already knew about all the Manziel stuff before, but the behind the scenes stuff was pretty awesome. Yeah. It's, it blows my mind how, you know, you see all this investigative journalism where people are digging up the truths about the most random things you would have thought. For someone who was as high profile as he was, one person would have looked into his family. Well, they did. Like he was, the guy made up the storylines. He got all this like information and started like telling lies and stuff. He's telling um, lies, but like it was his granddad was a big oil guy. But he was because... posting photos and stuff. Like he was, he okay. was giving media and stuff like actual photos of like oil men that he was like altering into Johnny Manziel's life story. I see. Okay, so he did. Yeah, I don't think the uh, the documentary covered all that. I didn't know about like the how much how the extent of these lies. It was pretty deep. It was pretty awesome. Okay, I, I uh, like it. I mean, that's it yeah, sounds like John, they put in the work there. They oh yeah, they got away with a lot of stuff. Anyways, let's get back to the Chargers. <laughs> um, the wideouts. I think the wide receivers in the Chargers are their biggest asset. Their defense is pretty good, but if they stay healthy, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen are great wide receivers. And then they brought in, I think first round pick Quinton Johnson. If anyone knows anything about Quinton Johnson, he came out of like TCU. They went to the, they stunned everybody 
and went to the national championship in college this year. He is huge. He is like very much a Megatron type of body. And he could be, he could be the rookie of the year this year, offensive rookie of the year. Now they're running back. Another thing that I always worry about is he's a bit unhappy. Not maybe not so much with the team, but with the running back situation, he's one of the lead guys. Is he not? That's he is. And he's not happy with the team because he is in the last year of his contract and he wants, he wanted to get three or four more years signed onto him before this season, because you never know what running back, like what, if your knee is going to go or if you're going to get a high ankle sprain and ruin half your season, like it's a running back position is they get hurt a lot and it's, it is very much devalued. So he is the one that is leading the charge for the Chargers charge for um, running backs getting paid. It's kind of puts him in a tough position, right? Does he want to just put his entire body on the line for a team that didn't have his back? Or does he want to play 75% and kind of of trying to avoid getting injured, but then he's not putting up the numbers? Well, I mean, if he's not putting up the numbers, he's not going to get paid. Yeah, like that's the catch 22 is like, you have to put the numbers up in order to get a big contract. But if you're not willing to, to put the numbers up because you don't want to hurt your body for a team that you think is kind of betraying you, then you're not going to get paid. Yeah. It's a tough position to be in because you know, when you, we've all had jobs where we don't like our employer. And it's a little bit demotivating sometimes to just go above and beyond. Now, I'm sure he's a competitive guy. I always give these athletes the benefit benefit of the doubt that they're gonna, you know, they're gonna they're looking to achieve excellence. They're not looking. But to if he doesn't, up. if he's in a contract here and he doesn't go out there and put up the number, he's not going to get a big contract. So he has to. He has to go above and beyond. That's the way. It's also the traditional way of getting yourself more money and promotions is going out of the way to to do the job. Yeah. To do more than is required of the job. And that is how he's on the franchise tag, right? Uh, no, he can be franchise tagged next year. Next year, okay. Which, if that's a means, if you go out there, put up the numbers, and they don't pay you, then, then by all means, go. No, I just I went above and beyond last year. You guys went to the playoffs on my back, and now you're not going to pay me three or four years. You put the franchise tag on me. No, I'm not going to play for you. Like that, I would, that's more acceptable to me than quitting this year. No, I got you. I got you. Now, what happens in that situation? He's got to sit out the year again. What do you mean again? Well, sorry, he's got to sit out the year if uh, if that happens. They franchise tag him and they don't. They franchise tag him. He either gets paid probably eleven or twelve million dollars for that year and plays on the front another one more year on yeah. just like no contract, or he sits out the whole season, or he asks for a trade. That's what I mean. So again, it puts him in a bad position, right? There's no other position to be in. Here's no. the bad position that he's in. He's in a position that is doesn't is not as important anymore as it used to be. Having three wide receivers on your team is more important than having one bell cow running back. And sorry to say this, but like if nobody wants to eat lobster anymore, the price of lobster is going to go down. I don't think it's that nobody wants to eat lobster. I think they're still very important. They're like the, one of the most important players. I think the problem is that there's just an endless supply of lobster coming in every year that you're not. Okay. Running. Well, then if everyone's out there catching their own lobsters, then there is no market to purchase lobster. Or well, sell that is lobster. the issue, right? So either way, there's an issue, and that is, I mean, is that not business 101? It is the business. I'm talking strictly about his psychology of like, 
kind of feeling deflated, like, okay, you guys are going to franchise tag me next year. So I'm on another prove it contract next year. You, you, your position's not valuable anymore. So take the money that is given to you at that value and run with it. Literally run with it. Yeah. You're not going to get paid. But if you go out there and you put up like score 50 touchdowns and they franchise tag you, then you can sit out. I mean, if you're happy with sitting out a year and getting the $10 million you got this year and then not getting it paid next year, that's fine. That's your choice though. Yeah, I'm I'm only looking at it from the approach of how what can he do to kind of improve his situation, but there's nothing he can do. He's he's just fine. play the game. Just yeah. play the game. And then if they worst case scenario you say, No, I did this for you last year, I'm not doing it again for you this year. It doesn't work out well usually for running backs. Le'Veon Bell is probably the, the most recent example of a guy demanding a trade at that position and it not going well for him. So I don't like, and he regretted it. He says he's regretted it, but I don't know if if Austin Eckler goes out there and plays well with these wide receivers in this offense, then these guys can definitely compete with Kansas city in this division and probably make the playoffs again. It would be awesome to see another Jaguars chargers game in the playoffs. Cause that was wicked last year. Um, okay. we talked a lot about that uh, chargers team, mainly the running back and Johnny Menziel. <laughs> um let's go should we go to the your your team your your guys the vegas raiders let's go to the raiders uh jimmy garoppolo is now the starting quarterback for the las vegas raiders josh mcdaniels was the offensive coordinator for years with new england patriots um especially when garoppolo was there so him him trying to bring in garoppolo and, and get him back to where he was with the patriots when he had that such high potential probably gonna put his head coaching job on the line with how well Garoppolo does, would you say? Was he the one that kind of pushed to get Garoppolo? I would imagine so. Garoppolo was one of his guys. It was Brady Garoppolo. Yeah. And now, then, I'm going to – this is just talking on my ass because I have no facts to substantiate any of this. But this is a backup guy who played, what, four games? He started, had four starts? In New England? Yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, that's because he, he was behind Brady. Yeah. So he was behind Brady. He was never going to play. I feel like everybody would it would just be so easy to overlook him in that situation because you know he's not playing. When we have Tom Brady, he's not playing. There's no chance. Like you're not really looking for him to back up Brady. You're looking for him to be there in case there's an emergency. For sure. Yeah. So uh, – I feel like this is a coach that's just kind of like, well, I know one other player in the NFL. I coached one other guy. Like maybe we'd get this guy. No, I know. I think that's a, it's a situation where he's not assessing all the best talent out there. He's going to just what's familiar. He coached Jimmy Garoppolo. He knows his work ethic. He knows his skill from being around him all those years. Garoppolo then goes to San Francisco, takes that team to the Super Bowl, arguably twice. Um, and then that is kind of a payoff for, okay, he actually has the talent to do it coming off an, a shoulder injury, elbow injury, something like that. Um, but yeah, why would you not trust that guy? If you know that the work ethics there and the skill level is there when he's healthy Yeah, and you've worked with him before. So you're familiar. He knows your system. You know what he's capable of doing in your system. I think the point I was trying to make was, uh, so far, I don't think, um, McDaniels has been a great coach in the Raiders, has he? 
No. Well, it's only no. his, this will be his second year. Yeah. He didn't have a great first year. No. So I think for him, he's trying to play it safe, possibly with going with somebody he's familiar with. Right. So he thinks, if, well, I know how to coach him. I know what I can get out of him. I know how he operates. So you think if he doesn't do well with his guy, then he probably, do you think he's in the hot seat? I think he's in the hot seat. I think so too. And the backup for Jimmy Garoppolo is another former New England Patriot quarterback, Brian Hoyer. Oh, yeah. um, so he's just bringing his guys in. That one I would say you could make your argument for. Well, I know Brian Hoyer. I, I've worked with him once before. That I think you have a better argument. Uh, you just you you really got so, me thinking. He's just going for what he knows. <laughs> that to me, that's just never a good sign. With Garoppolo, I you can make that case with Brian Hoyer. Brian Hoyer, but with well, Garoppolo, the fact that he's I actually got both, think the fact that he's got both guys. If he just had one, fair enough. But the fact that is his his two quarterbacks. Who's the third quarterback? Don't tell me. <laughs> I can find out for a second right here. I don't know if it's another. Uh, I, there's no way it could be another Patriot. I don't even know if I would know the other Patriots. If it's Jacoby Brissett, we're going to stop the podcast for right now. Let's see who <laughs> we got here. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo, Brian Hoyer. It is a, a rookie, Aiden O'Connell, fourth right. round rookie. Okay. So no, it's not another New England Patriot. Yeah, I but it's, just it's personal, friend's personal. son. I Aiden don't O'Connell. have a lot of faith in him as a coach. I just I don't think it's going to work out well. I think the Raiders are unfortunately bottom of the division this year. Ah, wow, that's really okay. Well, no, uh, Denver could still be just a big train wreck. Well, here's the other thing that's going on. The Raiders were only one game above them last year. No, I know. This whole division was kind of weird. But another thing going on in Vegas is the same, exact same thing with the running back. Josh Jacobs has not even shown up to camp yet. And I know you're going to be mad about that because you drafted him to your fantasy team most recently. That is why last night I said pick up his backup, Zamir White. Yeah. Because if, if Josh Jacobs doesn't show up, then at least you have a starting running back, and that's... Same system. Yeah. But he's actually not. So he's above. He's ahead of Eckler in terms of he's not showing up to camp. But he, I think he is actually on the franchise tag, though. So he's a year he ahead of Eckler. Um, he, yeah, he would have had to sign. But he doesn't have to show up. So that's an interesting one. So what does that entail? What is it? You know, that's to me, that's like you're just not showing up to work. He's not getting paid. Yeah. But that's just it. You're just foregoing that week's paycheck. Yeah. Exactly. It seems like an odd choice. It seems like you're not setting yourself up for success in the year if you even want to play. But just, you, you just argued the opposite side. Well, no, hear, no, 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 hear me out. Just because if you've already signed, you're already in this deal. Like this is your situation. Yeah, but sometimes you just sign so that you have a contract to fall back on. Do you know what I mean? It's like if you yeah. didn't sign it, then you could be fucked either way. Whereas if you do sign it and just say, hey, I'm going to sign this because if we come up to a long-term plan, then we can use this as kind of like a backup situation or if we like something like that. But if you don't sign it, then you're just you're fucked altogether. I got you. I got you. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I got you. Okay. That's... I just think like you'd want to kind of see what's going on with the team just to set yourself up for success. Cause 
he's again in the same situation now that he's got to play well, right? Yeah, but if he did that last year and then got franchise tagged, for my example to benefit Eckler, we talked about him, was if you go out on your last year and then they don't pay you, then maybe sit out. So he's kind of doing what I was saying that Eckler would do, but you have to be okay with losing that $10 million. I also think that you have to sign your franchise tag in order for them to even have the ability to maybe trade you. I think there's something within that as well. Right. But I mean, now like, yeah, what do you, what do you do? That's what I mean. There's no position is not valued. Nobody wants you. It's it's, there's two things. The franchise tag is a weird thing. I get why they have it, but it does handicap people a lot in terms of what their worth is. And, and with, especially with how dangerous this football is that it, I don't know if it's a great thing for the sport anymore. I get why they did it before. I understand why you don't want your franchise guys that you drafted, that you you built up, that you taught, and all this stuff to just leave because they want to go to a shinier place. Yeah, but, that, but that, 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 it sounds like it's just completely inside of the team because oh, you don't want 100%. Him to leave. Well, then pay him. You don't want him to leave, then sign him to a contract. A hundred percent agree with so, that. Now yeah. the other problem right now for him is that like Cook and Zeke just signed. We're already in the middle of preseason, and they just signed, and they didn't get anywhere near what Josh Jacobs would get with his franchise one year tag. The other two, the other two guys are on one year contracts now, but for less two million and four million less month, dollars a year. Yeah. So Josh Jacobs, maybe you gotta go and play this year. You can no, also retire. There's, with there's, there's no winning. You're not beating the NFL. Well, you're again, I would understand this if the job was if there wasn't a million guys that are capable of doing the job. Yeah. So I don't know. Anyways. The wideouts are also good in Vegas. You got Devontae Adams back. Hunter Renfro is making a name for himself. New tight end. Darren Waller's gone. Austin Hooper is uh, starting for Vegas. Would love to go to Vegas to watch a game. That stadium looks amazing. So speaking of Raiders wideouts, you heard the news about uh, Henry Ruggs, right? Yeah, six to eight years, something like that. Something like that, yeah. Which I don't don't know the legal side of it. It seems kind of low for vehicular manslaughter, no? I thought he was going to get 15, 20. Yeah. You did kill somebody and their dog. He did, yeah. And, you know, he was breaking multiple laws, right? Yeah, and he was drunk. He was drunk, but he was also, like, the, the speed at which he was going was excessive, wasn't it? Like, it's it's not... 154 miles an hour or something like that. Uh-huh. Like he was in a... Yeah, he was not... It wasn't just a drunk driving incident. It was... Everything about it was bad. I think there's there just, like, no good way to spin it. No. So it's it's weird that it was, I agree, I thought it was going to be more than 68 years, but I don't know anything about law. But what I do know is there's a new coach in Denver. And a new coach that's a great coach, it's Sean Payton. Um, this coach? So I, I do have something to say about it. it. It seems to me, and this could just, this could completely be the media thing. He's kind of turned people more against Russell Wilson with his entry then, then you know, then like people already kind of down on Russell Wilson last year for all the things that came out, former players speaking ill about him, you know, little things coming about his personal habits. And now this coach, it kind of seems like, you know, he's fired it. He's gotten rid of his off uh, his outside of the um, organizational coach guys, coaches, yeah. his assistants, his coaches, whatever it is. He's got rid of his office, you know, all these things of like just taken away from him. Right. Like that's, well, I mean, it sounds like he was just they they treated him differently than any other player 
on the team, which is fine as a quarterback on the field. Like you don't want to get hit. You don't want to do that. But in terms of like getting your own office and like parking spot at the front and stuff like that, when your other players that are equally as valuable to your performance, which is all you're getting paid for in that position, then yeah, he's kind of a prima donna. It makes sense to me if you've got, you know, four Super Bowls within the organization, give him his own fucking statue in the arena. Yeah. But he's, but he's, he's a guy who just got done nothing. here. And he's, he's done, done nothing, nothing for the team. Is a, so this will be his second year with the team. Do you yeah. think they brought Peyton in specifically to get Russell back to where he was because of how good Peyton was with Drew Brees? Uh, yeah, I'm sure that's kind of the rationale behind it. Whether it's doable, I don't know. So here's the other thing about there's a lot. Denver's I, weird personally, right I think it's going to be. Yeah, I think it's gonna be a, it's a tough uphill climb for Russell Wilson only because I think the media is against him. I think there's got to be a bit of resentment from the players towards him. Oh, for sure. You know the the players are kind of like, listen, buddy, show us like you win us over. Yeah. So and- they also let's let's talk about this for one second because I I think you're right that all the things now getting taken away from him like his office, his personal assistants, his own trainers that he brings in. That's all gone now. Sean Payton's not letting that happen. So maybe if Russell Wilson can come in with a better attitude and better game performance, that's an easy way to win over your teammates very quickly. But if he's kind of a dick about it and like whines about it, then it's not going to help his case at all. But let's not forget that in order... I should go back to the beginning. So Russell Wilson was traded for two first round and two second round picks. So Denver gave up four top two picks for... Russell. That was based on Nathaniel Hackett bringing him in. Didn't work out. Hackett got fired up with a 4-11 and record before his first season was even over. To get Sean Payton, the Broncos had to trade their first round pick after like another first round pick to New Orleans just to bring in a coach to fix the problem that they traded four top picks for to get Russell Wilson. So essentially five, it's going to take five top picks to make this work. That's not worth it. No. And the like the, the team around him is built. Like the wideouts are good. Like Jerry Judy's a very good, very good uh, wide receiver. Cortland Sutton has the ability and potential to be good. They brought oh, in yeah, Marvin Mims. I love those big guy receivers. Yeah. Like their wide receivers are good. Um, they drafted a guy in the second round. Like, And they brought in Marquez Callaway. I don't know if you remember him, but he used to play for the Saints um, I think two years ago, uh, last year, but during preseason, he was the guy making all those crazy, like one-handed catches, like over the back and during games and stuff. And then like just sprinting by people. So another Sean Payton guy, uh, Javante Williams had an ACL tear last year. They brought in Samajay Perrine, who was the backup for Joe Mixon, um, with the Bengals. Could steal touches from him. This is a good spot for Perrine to be in, especially early. Like, I don't know if Javante Williams is going to be ready to go week one. They say he is, but it's an ACL tear. You never know with running backs. It's, I don't think, personally, I don't, uh, I just, I don't see it happening. Russell Wilson's only older. Uh, it's That's why I think Broncos are the last place team in this division. No, you're right. Yeah, I'm looking at it. And also, their games were terrible to watch last year. Did you try Boring. to watch a Broncos game last year? Boring, like 6-3, 3-3. They were just anomaly games. They weren't getting blown out. 
That was well, the, the defense saving is, grace I could give to them that maybe they could string some wins together this year. They weren't getting blown out last year. The defense is there. Like the defense, that's what was so frustrating about probably the like Denver fans probably getting frustrated with the fact that their defense was holding them into games and they couldn't score any points to win those games. So like you have to score at least 10 points, seven points. You got to put three up. You got to do something better than you can't just let your defense carry you and then not provide for them. Now, the last thing I want to say about the Denver Broncos is this is, I saw this this morning, which made me chuckle. So the Broncos finished seven and 10 in 2021. So what they did was they went out, they traded for a hall of fame quarterback. That's won a super bowl in Russell Wilson. They did that before 2022 season. This year sounds a lot like what the New York jets just did. They finished seven and 10 last year. They went out, traded for Aaron Rodgers, who is a Hall of Fame quarterback that's won a Super Bowl. 2022, before the start of the season, star wide receiver for the Denver Broncos, Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy, you could probably say, coming into their sophomore seasons, hyped up, supposed to be have breakout years for them. This year, Garrett Wilson, New York Jets, sophomore, sophomore season wide receiver, hyped up beyond belief. A little too familiar, these two stories. Then you got, in 2022, an injury-prone running back coming off a season, tears his ACL, does not do well the next year. That's in Denver. This year, Brees Hall, sophomore season running back, supposed to be huge, coming off an ACL tear. Both defenses are great in in the Jets and what the Broncos had, but Broncos wanted to fix their head coaching position with Nathaniel Hackett in 2022. What did the Jets do this year? They signed offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett. I saw that this morning. It was like, damn, that's the Jets just did exactly what the Broncos did a year before, and they did not work for them. Kind of puts a little spin on how I thought. I thought the Jets would be scary this year, but with all that information, it sets me back on them a little bit. So I had them going worst to first, but we'll talk about that next week. Um, I just thought that was very interesting. Yeah. Okay, let's go NFC West. You want to talk about your Seahawks first? Seahawks. So, I think everybody's asking themselves the same question: Can Geno Smith replicate his success from last year? He was, you know, what he was comeback player of the year, right? Yep, definitely. I'd say maybe he was the biggest surprise in the NFL last year. I would say, yeah, hundred percent. I can't. I'm on his side. I'm hoping he does well. I, I can't say there's any reason why he should decline. I have one thought about that. So we talk a lot about the first year quarterbacks, like your Vince Youngs, your RG3s that come out in their first year. Nobody has any game film really on them. Nobody has any like way to stop them because they had this the first year they've seen them. So you're just kind of going out and being like, we just have to do this like base defense because we don't really know what this guy's capable of because we don't have too much tape on him. And then the second year they come out, everyone studied them. Everybody knows the offense that they're running. Everybody knows their plays, what they their hot routes, what they like to do, what they don't like to do. Is that kind of maybe what Geno Smith could be running on with his second season now? Is like you don't really have much tape on him. Like I know he's played before and he's a he's a veteran of the league of many, many years, but this is his first year really starting for a whole season. So maybe there wasn't a lot of tape on him. Do you think there's that do you think that Was could be? He never started for the Jets? He was a starter, but I mean, it wasn't a full year. He never really got into a system and a groove and wasn't able to go in into the season really being like, this is my team. This is what we're going to 
have a team suited to his style of play instead of him coming in with a different style to try to to help that team. Yeah, I I don't I watched some of his plays. Like I watched the the decision making, and he was doing the right decision. Like he was doing the right things. Like I don't see any reason why he shouldn't be as good as he was last year, unless it's just a physical health decline. So you don't think having more tape on him in an offense that's suited to him is going to help defenses this year coming up? I guess it could help, but does it, does it make that much of a difference having that much tape on a guy? It because seems like I, it does. Like Vince Young well, wasn't my good only after reason, his first year. My only reason for that is all these quarterbacks you're talking about, they get figured out pretty quickly though, don't they? That's what I mean is after the first season, they get figured out pretty quickly. They tend to decline in the second year and then they, they either work through it or they don't work through it in the third and fourth years. Okay, yeah, I get your point. I get your point. I just I feel like there's still enough tape unless he's drastically I didn't watch him in his previous years, his stints in other teams. I feel like if we looked up how many games he's actually played before the Seahawks, right? He's got to have a season's worth, no? I don't know if he's started a full season. Like this No, no, but just I mean he's got he's got 16 starts before the Seahawks. I'm going to check that right now. Pro Football Reference, the go-to place to find your stats. Um, started all 17 games last year. Okay, so he was started his career with the Jets. He played he played 16 games in 2013 for the Jets. He went 8-8. Eight eight. Um, 55% completions, 12 touchdowns, 21 interceptions. That was his first year in the NFL. So he has, as a rookie, he had a full season. The next year he went three and ten, which is not great. Um, and then he didn't he hasn't started more than three games since 2014 until last year. So almost right. a decade. But that's enough. That's come on, that's over two seasons worth of starts. Yeah. Sorry, but that's uh, like, you again, that's that. young. That's like he goes eight and eight in his rookie year. He comes out, everyone's got tape on him, and he he goes down to three and ten. So his now that he's transformed into a different quarterback, you have to say that because it's been so you say it's it's been the cycle, the cycle 10 years. So yeah, is the cycle going to repeat? Is is his first year somewhat success going to is it is it going to be a downfall, a decline in the second year? Yeah, no you're right. I'm convinced. Yeah. And then the other side of that is if you want to look at the positives that this is this first year he's going into a season knowing that he's a starter with a four-year contract. So he should be high, he should be confident, he should have the ability to want to go out and do it, and he has he's has the ability to get all the first team reps, work with the guys in the offseason. It's his team now. Like, does that confidence help him out? Maybe. Maybe. But the the other the other thing is the team around him is great. Like the wide receivers and not the team around him, but the playmakers around him are great. DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Jackson Smith, and Nagiba. Nagiba? I don't know. I didn't even want to try to Jigaba? Yeah. Uh, Jackson Smith. That, that J throws you off. You don't know where it, it I don't know if it's silent or not. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't know where it is. Um, and then a second-year running back, Kenneth Walker. So the, the weapons are around him. He just has to be exactly what he did last year, kind of manage the system. He was great last year. If he's 75% as good as he was last year, they'll make the playoffs. Yeah. Speaking of their running backs, you heard that uh, one of their former running backs, Alex Collins, he had a uh, motorcycle. Yeah, rest, 
I rest think it was a motorcycle accident. Yeah, motorcycle accident. Rest in peace to Alice Collins. Still young. He was under 28. 30. 28, yeah. 28 years old. That's awful. That yeah. is awful. Um, Want to go? Let's go. Well, where, where do we put Seattle? I, I think Seattle... Seattle seems to always kind of compete with the 49ers. I mean, they're they're gonna be a few games behind, I think. Yeah, let's that's a good segue to talk about the 49ers because I think the 49ers win this division again, but I also think that they're weird because they seem to always have like rags to riches at QB. Their QBs are either really good and then they get hurt and someone comes in that's really good and they're like, don't care anymore about the guy that got hurt. And it, it just like you have Trey Lance, Jimmy Garoppolo, Brock Purdy. Um, so Brock Purdy is the starter, right? Brock Purdy Following is by your logic of how much tape people have on you before they can figure you out. I don't think Brock Purdy's met his quota yet to be in that second year slump. Yeah, it's technically this will technically be his first full season as a starter, or his rookie season essentially. You could say he was redshirted last year. I think he started the last seven games that they won. Yeah. And then he, he got, got hurt. What, then he got one, hurt in the playoffs. How many playoff games did he get in? I think he he won. He he did he play won one one. Game. He won one, and then the next game, um, did he not get hurt? The Eagles. He was oh, okay. He got hurt, right? And they had to bring somebody else in. That's how I remember it. Right, and then against the Eagles, they they just didn't have a quarterback. Remember, I remember. Yeah. No, uh, he went. He got hurt. Went out. And had to come back in because there was nobody else left. Yeah, they were gonna they were gonna play McCaffrey. I remember that. Yeah, that's exactly it. So, I mean, yeah, yeah, technically you're right. Like Brock Purdy could either be really good this year because no one really knows what he's still capable of, or again, he was like he was Mr. Irrelevant. So, how good is he actually? Yeah. Well, when is he expected to start? Week three, week four, week one. He'll be QB one, week one. Oh, he's healthy. He's healthy yeah. enough to start. Yeah. Okay, I thought that he was he was still uh, a little bit uh, sluggish from his recovery. No, he's apparently he's back. Um, it was an elbow. Yeah, elbow surgery. He's going to be ready for the season. Um, they brought in another backup, so Trey Lance is on the team still. So he's still waiting for his rookie year. Well, essentially, yeah, he's, he's just had one hurt. and a half. He's played one and a half games, does he not? Oh no, I think he's had some starts. I think he's had some starts. Trey Lance. Let me take a look at that with uh since we can't get any he came in injured for he, us here. Didn't he come in injured? He came into the NFL injured, did he not? Uh I think he was just behind Garoppolo. I don't know if he was injured. He's, well, no, he so came he in started injured, got healed. He started two games in twenty twenty one and he started two games in twenty twenty two. Okay, four games. So four games. In his first First two games in 2021, uh, five touchdowns, two interceptions. His two games last year that he started, zero touchdowns, one interception. So not great. But, I mean, you could trade him because now you have another backup in Sam Darnold. Darnold? That uh, is apparently everybody loves him right now in San Francisco. They're saying it could be a resurrection of his career. He was a top five pick. He was. He never really saw much success. No, he wasn't. He didn't do well the Jets, and then he didn't do well in Carolina. People thought he could be he was resurrected in Carolina, but now with Kyle Shanahan, it feels like anybody who plays under Kyle Shanahan is gonna be good. Well, 
it's one of those situations where just throw the ball to your running back and let your receiver run it. And yeah, that confuses everybody in itself. And they seem to do well with that. Well, I mean, they got arguably the best running back in football, CMC, who can catch the ball anywhere. Yeah, they got one of the best receiving running backs. And they got one of the best running receivers. Yeah. Debo Samuel, uh, who's the guy talking about that? They've started at running back. And then you got Brandon Ayuk, who's one of he had a great he led everybody in receiving stats last year. And then yeah. at tight end, you got George Kittle, who there's probably Kelsey, and then I would say Kittle is next in that line. Yeah. And then Andy they Mark got two, two of the best players on defense as well. Yeah, Most, and the uh, defense is great. The defense is great. Yeah. It's one of those like practices, iron sharpens iron type situations. Those guys only going to make themselves better practicing against each other. Offense versus defense there. Yeah, I, they're, they got a good situation. I, their quarterback is the only questionable part of who's going to be playing at what point. But Which is insane to say for a team that's expected to win a division is the quarterback situation isn't kind of really sorted out a little bit, but their favorite. Well, I mean, it's sorted out. Like Brock, Purdy's, Brock Purdy's the guy. He's the guy walking in, right? Sure. But I don't, I don't trust, I don't trust his resume. Would you trust Brock Purdy as going into your, would you trust Brock Purdy? This is what I said about him last year. This is what I said about him last year. No, being the last pick in the draft, having very few starts in the NFL, it's tough to jump on that resume. However, he has done nothing to indicate there's no reason to trust him. He's done everything that he possibly could have done outside of getting hurt. Yeah. But even when he got hurt, I love the heart he showed. He showed he wanted he ha- he was there for the team. Jumping back in that game in a futile effort. Yeah. I mean, he's like I, the I opposite mean, of He shows Johnny the right Rizal. character. He shows everything correctly. There's no reason why he shouldn't be trusted to be the number one guy. Right? Everybody's got to start somewhere. You the can't only... come into the league with uh, 10 years experience and three Super Bowls, right? Right. You got to start from zero and zero. As I say, he's the opposite of Johnny Menziel because we were talking about him earlier. He came in as a guy who would literally the last pick of the draft. Could have just not been drafted, and then we would have never, ever heard about him ever. Yeah. Um, the only th- Now, he has the intangibles and the willingness to work to be QB1. I just, do, does he have the skill to do it is the question. Everyone's high on him now because of what he did last year, but let's remember he still hasn't proven anything no, but in the long term. Does he have the skill to take a team that's in the depths up, uh, make them relevant? Maybe not. But does he have a skill to take a great coach and a great offense and reliable defense and maintain the success they've already been having? Yeah, he probably does have that skill. Yeah. Right? He's not the, the Johnny Manziel thing to use him as a reference. He was there to resurrect a, a an abysmal team. Yeah. Cleveland. Take them out of the basement. This is a team that is competing to kind of get there within a one game of the Super Bowl. Yeah. Right. I so was mainly using that. He does have that skill set. Yeah, I would say he does. I was I was mainly using the Manziel thing as in he didn't want to play football. He was there for everything oh. outside of football. He was there for the celebrity status, not yeah. actually playing football. Zero I, I'll, tell, I'll say this. It Zero. doesn't have to necessarily be a, a Manziel thing, but I love the perspective they put it in of – he didn't love football. 
he what he loved about it is what it created that after party he was there for the after party and it painted such a great image because i completely understood the feeling of that was his like you know like people get off work friday they go for some beers those are the best beers they have that week right after a long week's work yeah his part the after party after a game that's what he lived for that was his drug right there Oh yeah, he was a he was there for weekends. He was literally a, like a blue collar worker, yeah. there to get the money so that he could be there for the weekends. And I think it would shock us how many athletes are are only there for the lifestyle. It's the lifestyle is the only thing that motivates them, right? Like, yeah, you you know, as soon as you see it, you cut their salaries in half, they don't even want to do it anymore. They're like, well, no, I'm not going to play for that, right? And, yeah, no. Um, I, I still think that back to the 49ers, I still think they win this division. I think so. Um, too. They I got just, too many weapons. They're too they're too solid of a team. Yeah, that's what it, exactly. It. Yeah, you just Purdy just has to manage the game. Literally, just has to manage the game. And this team, this they'll win over ten games. Yeah. So there's two teams left. I actually, I know we're two years removed from the Rams winning the Super Bowl. They could be last place in this, but I I will say let's talk about the Rams first because I don't think they'll be last place. I think the last team we talked about is going to be last place. You brought it up earlier. Yeah. So my my sentiments, and I know you're probably not gonna like hearing this, is I think Stafford is on his way to being done in the NFL only for one reason, not a skill thing. I think he played too injured for too long in his career that it just takes a toll on his body. And I think it's finally like, you know, he got his Super Bowl his body's just going to give out at one of these days here. I just, I, you know, it's been a long time coming for him. He was like an Iron Man guy, right? Yeah. And you can only do that for so long before you, especially when you lose, it's different to be an Iron Man guy and win. And then be an Iron Man guy and just continuously lose. You just get broken spirited after that. But here's what I will say. Matthew Stafford I agree with you. If he stays healthy this year and they win, maybe he comes back for another year. If he does not stay healthy this year, I think it's his last year. So I will agree with you on that. Now, it also seems like everybody on this Rams team wants to retire. Sean McVay, it seems like he every time the season ends, Sean McVay is probably going to go to the booth and not coach anymore. Seems like Aaron Donald, who's the I thought the he best... did retire. No, Sean McVay, he's been no he's no, back. Aaron Donald. I thought Aaron Donald did retire. That's what I mean. No, he's back too. Like yeah, he's back. So all these guys and Matthew Stafford, Sean McVay, Aaron Donald, they all want to retire. It seems like they're all just waiting to retire. They're always talking about retiring. Well, how do you? How does the rest of the team get behind that? It, off the top of my head, it is the worst. Like it, it's a terrible vibe that everybody's always talking about retirement. It's, yeah, that's a geriatric. Yeah. But the only thing I will say, the greatest basketball player, in my opinion, of all time, was retiring every few years and coming back. <laughs> but <laughs> it's the only. Yeah, it kind of ends the, ends the whole argument topic, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. But he was going but... to try to do something. Uh, I guess McVay could go try to do something else. But yeah. Uh, yeah he's too young to retire, though. I guess he's, he's, like, he's younger he's than been us. In, he's been in the, uh, the NFL as a coach since, since he was 18 or something. Yeah. I mean, it just it. How can you trust a team to want to win again if everybody's kind of already got a foot out the door? Yeah, and don't get me wrong. Like Aaron Donald is the, probably the best defensive player in the league, and the guy's going to be an all-time NFL Hall of Famer. 
It's just when you're, is the motivation there if you've already talked about maybe retiring? But the motivation is also going to be tough when the team is losing, right? It was a terrible year last year. Everybody's so getting hurt. Coming off, the high of a Super, down. Yeah. coming off as a high of a Super Bowl to the low of just getting killed every week, that might be a little bit deflating. So once you get a little bit of time away from the game, you can properly reflect and think, hey, what do I love about this? What do I not love about this? Do I want to be away from it? And you can kind of get a little clarity and come back and say, you know what? No, my heart's still in it. I want another season at this. Yeah, I'm right. I, I'm with you. It's just this is the second year now that they've talked about these guys all retiring. It's just I, I don't know. I I would not trust them to win if if like that's constantly that mentality. No, I, I don't think they will win. Um Cooper Cup, where does he stand in terms of injuries? He's he'll be back. He should be ready for week one. So he's good to go. Uh yeah, he's it's going to be kind of his team on, on offense, right? 100%. It goes like I, Cam Akers always hurt. He could have a comeback here, but it's Cooper Cup and nobody else. Yeah. There's the rest of the wide receiver groups. Like it's Van Jefferson. Van Jefferson and Ben Skoronek. Skoronek, yeah. Like it's it's Cooper Cup and Matthew Stafford or nobody. Uh, That's not great to begin with. Like just that conversation alone would put you off of the Los Angeles Rams, let alone everybody trying to retire. Maybe that is why everyone's trying to retire. Cooper Cup's the only reason everybody's still there. And uh, who's behind uh, our man Matthew Stafford? This uh, Stetson Bennett. I don't know if you Ooh, okay. you might hear the name. He was the quarterback out of Georgia. He's like twenty. He's close to retirement, old. is he? He's like 26, 27 years old. Yeah. yeah. Um, to put that into perspective, Sony Michelle played running back with Stetson Bennett at Georgia and has since retired from being six years in the league with two Super Bowls. And Stetson Bennett is a rookie this year in the NFL. Yeah. That's kind of insane. Um, But I mean, he's a, again, he's, I don't know. He's got, he was a good quarterback in college that doesn't usually relate all the time, especially for the type of quarterback he is and the age he's at. Yeah. So I, it's again, it's Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, or bust. But what is a su- successful season for them? Taking second place in the division? Think a wild card spot. I think San Francisco's got this wrapped yeah. up, and then they just need a wild. If they can get a wild card spot, if they can take Seattle's, if they can beat Seattle in the standings, that's probably a successful season for the Rams. Right. They got to make the playoffs, though. Okay. Well, if we're talking about retiring and teams that have already quit, let's might as well start talking about the Arizona Cardinals. Because I have a feeling that this is going to be the worst team in the league this year. Houston Texans, I think, win more games than the Arizona Cardinals. We got a new coach, former Eagles defensive coordinator, Jonathan Gannon, is now the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. Kyler Murray was hurt last year. Um, He should be back, but nobody's sure if he's 100%. Um, Backing him up is Colt McCoy. So those are your two quarterbacks. And a lot of people don't really have any faith in Kyler Murray anymore. No, I think it's pretty justified. Just the stories of you here where he doesn't seem committed to being a better player. He seems very set on where he is. And that's it. That's, yeah, that he was last you know, year. Like the, the whole um, clause where he's got to watch more tape 
all the the stats people have done that he's playing more video games than he is uh practicing uh, or yeah. watching tape or trying to get better and i think there was a lot of you know negativity between him and the organization as a whole yep because so they let that leak essentially they let let they let that information leak to try to make him look worse to lower his contract value which I don't think it's, it just creates friction between the whole team and they, yeah, that's you know, operating they, in they, bad faith. They got the receivers aren't anything crazy. I think Marquise well, they lost, Brown was, they lost DeAndre Hopkins, who was there yeah. last year. So but he's they gone. Go. Did, did they not let him go? Uh, yeah, they just let him go. Yeah. They he wasn't, just, he wasn't happy there. Um, nobody's happy in Arizona right now. Like they, now they got Hollywood Brown. Zach Pascal and Rondell Moore. Those are the whiteouts in Arizona. Yeah. Zacherts. He's not the Zacherts of Philadelphia days, is he? He's if if they have Zacherts, it'll be impactful in the no. game, is he? No, he's not prime Zacherts. I mean, he's an upgrade. Like he's Zacherts will always be good for um dressing room morale and IQ on the field and reading defenses and blocks and stuff like that, but he's still not he's not gonna catch 10 to 12 touchdowns a, a year. I don't think anyways, but I mean, he could prove me wrong. So they got James Conner is the best thing about this team. And I don't even know if he's a, I don't even know if he's the best. I don't even know if he's a top 10 running back on any other team, but this team, they're probably going to overuse him and run the ball because um, no one has any faith in anybody on this team. No, but yeah, Kyler Murray can run the ball too. Yeah, well, that's it. So they can do a lot of like run options. What do we know about their coach? It's a defensive coach, so I don't know if he's going to have much to say on offense. And we know how well that goes if he does chime in. If you just look at Matt Patricia, yeah, but he's an anomaly. He's different. Uh, he's a different idiot than everybody else. <laughs> he's the biggest idiot. Uh, I'm actually wondering who he brought in. Um, Cardinals offensive coordinator. Offensive coordinator Sean Kugler. Nope. Drew Petzing is his first season with the Cardinals, 10th in the NFL after being hired as the Cardinals offensive coordinator. Past three seasons with Cleveland. He was the quarterback's coach with the Browns last year. That's not great. If I know anything about the Browns, is that they've never had a good quarterback, a successful quarterback. They'll so, get into it know. next week, but their their quarterback's on a. He's got no more excuses this year. No, we'll but... get into that next week. That's a great segue because next week we're going to do the NFC AFC North, uh, my favorite divisions. Uh, do you have anything to wrap up with the West? No, I'll ask you the same question here? I've asked you every week. Worst do you see first. a worst to first in any of these two divisions? Um, so you'd have the Broncos or. The Cardinals. So no, Cardinals go. They're I dead you say, yeah, I mean, even if you took second worst team, right? The Rams. The Rams. I mean, if they no, they've lost some defense. Jalen Ramsey's gone on the Rams. Then if you go Broncos or Raiders, we'll leave that to when we do our predictions because I, I, I don't want to say no to either of these teams because there's going to be Kansas City. There's going to be somebody. We know this. There's going to be a team that goes worst to first. We talk about this at the end of every show so far this preseason. Huh. But 
I, I'm going to save that for for after we do the the divisions because yeah. I think there could be. Now that I look at it and kind of think about it, there's potential here. It's got to be somebody. And it yeah, was I'm, the Jets for I'm, me I'm, I'm I'm throwing it out. I'm throwing it out. Your team next year, next next week, we'll discuss it. But I'm I'm putting the Lions as my worst to first. What do you mean? They they but they weren't worse. They finished second in the division. But they've been historically bad. That's no. That does you can't. That's not how this works. <laughs> you can't. I do not accept that. It doesn't work. <laughs> Doesn't work like that. I know. I'm just bothering you. Uh, Okay, next week, NFC, AFC North. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, Have a great weekend. Running Down the Clock is brought to you by the Ordinary Podcast Network and is every Thursday running until the week after the Super Bowl. We hope you enjoyed enough to subscribe and tune in again next week.